What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 10 of A Link to Our Past. I am your host, John Bernardo, and thank you for having patience with me uh, on these little few weeks. Um, this week, I'm coming back with a bang. We have the producer from Stormcloud Games. Uh, he, the recent game is Brutal on PS4. Say hello to Richard Wood. How you doing, buddy? Hello. No, I don't like to hello there to myself, but it's it, okay. it counts. You say hello to yourself. How's exactly. it going? How's it going on your side of the pond over there? Good, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely getting colder in Scotland now. It's, it's jumper weather. It's definitely time to, to wrap up, close the door, and hibernate until like June, I would say. Yeah, no Maybe July. Yeah, exactly. That That's my last appearance. <laughs> That's it. The last appearance yeah. on the internet. Does that mean you guys will like bunker up and just go make another game, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make another game, eat a lot of food, drink a lot of drink. It's not bad. It's not bad. That's the usual life of a producer, right? Uh, yes surprisingly actually no it is, it is it's pretty spot on it's pretty spot on right on well um for any of your fans or anyone here listening for the first time uh what we do on the show is i find somebody from the internet somebody of some gaming nature and we uh we go through their gaming past um so richard we're going to start from the very beginning what is the first video game you remember playing uh ghostbusters on the i think it was the atari i think it was the atari um it was it was my brother's. It was the one where you had to like, yeah, you got to go down into the sewers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it was really hard. I don't think I got very far. It was my my brother's sort of hand-me-down uh, machine that he had. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew it was Ghostbusters and it was kind of cool. Um, but you, you put the tape in, you'd set it up, you'd wait five minutes, you'd then play the game. I would die within 30 seconds and that would kind of, that would kind of be it. But it wasn't really until, honestly, I'd say I was like nine or 10 that I got really into gaming properly. Um, you know, with the, I think that must've been roughly speaking the N64. I say that's when it was, honestly, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I had a Sega, I had Sonic, Sonic's trash, by the way. I'm, I'm definitely hey, anti-Sonic. Hey, hey now, let's not, no, it's let's so not. bad. It's so bad. You, you've, you've been tricked. You've been brainwashed. I have been brainwashed. Like, well, no, I didn't drink the juice for the adventure games and anything, anything yeah. between adventure and generations. Generations is where I right. fall in love again. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I hated it from Sonic 1 until <laughs> all of them. So, okay. So, yeah. This is, yeah, yeah. Why do you hate them so much? Um, no, I, I, I kind of, I, I ham up a little bit, but um, I don't know. I just think they were, it was that weird point for Sega where they were kind of like, they did arcade games, like mm-hmm. arcade machines, and then started making consoles. And it, it, to me, it felt like a weird hybrid where it wasn't as good as a lot of other games that were out there. And I think the thing that appealed to everyone, and even me when I was younger, was that you went really fast, yeah. you know? And, and and that was, at the time, that was a gimmick, right? But it was a gimmick that no other game was doing, so it kind of did pull you in. Um, and the music is amazing. Like, the soundtrack to that game today is still very, very good. It is. But still rings in I my just, head. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, it, I think that was probably part of it, kind of, you know, that, the colors, the casino area, all that was kind of, like, very, sort of like, eye candy almost, you know? It kind of allured you in, but... When you, I think when you look back at it, uh, me especially, clearly, I just, I still think it's very good. I, I, I think nostalgia is there. I think it's, I think it's nostalgia. I think if that came out today, and that's very unfair, but I think if it came out today, um, you would, you wouldn't like it. And I think if you were able to go back to that time um, as someone your age now, and you had uh, an income, uh, the game that you could have bought 
uh, and could have played. I think you would sort of would be kind of down the bottom in those other games that maybe were hard to come by. Yeah. Um, and those kind of RPGs or things that were maybe you weren't pick up and play as easily for a younger kid um, would top trumps that game. So, so coming from, I, I don't know exactly the role that you play within your develop your company, but from from your standpoint, what would you have changed to make Sonic something more? Uh, I would have not made it. <laughs> uh, so no, I, 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 it's quite blunt, yeah. But no, I, 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 it's hard to explain. I just, I really don't think it's a good game. I think compared to the Mario's of the time, yeah. I think as a as a mascot for for Sega, I still think he's a strong character. Uh, I think just the whole package for me was just very bland. Um, and I think that there were certain good elements about it. Again, I think the music was great. The the zones that they made were very eye catching. They, they, they drew you in. I think as a as a full package to me it didn't really didn't really work. I had these cool individual elements I quite liked. Right. But when it came together as a game, I was like, nah, this isn't for this isn't for me. This isn't for me. That's okay. It's not for everybody. It's just you're the first person I've heard that doesn't like it. So I wanted to oh, really? really pick yeah. apart why. Right, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm right, and is wrong, obviously. <laughs> no, of course, of course you're right. No, yeah. I'm sorry for saying anything. <laughs> but but uh okay, so we stopped that we stopped that Sonic. So yeah. take, take me from Sonic. Yeah, so after I got over how bad Sonic was, I realized that video games could be good. Um, you know, Sonic could be done a dark place. But um, it all kind of came, I think, from um, games like Goldeneye and, and Perfect oh, yes. Dark and Mario Kart. I think, to kind of give a comparison, I think a lot of people these days, um, they'll play FIFA and Call of Duty or Madden and Call of Duty. Um, and that's it. That's all they'll play. And that was me for the longest time. I played Goldeneye with my friends. I played Mario Kart. And I didn't really play anything else. Like I didn't really buy like you know the the two rocks that came out, the Final Fantasies, the Zeldas. I didn't really play them. For me, gaming at that time was very social. It was you know local multiplayer. It was play with friends. It was you know who was the best. Who could kill you? We would do challenges where it's like only use this gun or only do this. You know it was all a very social experience. Um, and I think that's because I was I was quite lucky that um, kind of like the street that I lived in. There was like four or five of us who were all the same age, who all had the same like interests and we were all into games. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I think we all had like an N64 or a PS1, which is when we all had a controller. So it was very easy to do multiplayer. You could very easily do, you know, four-player GoldenEye yeah. or Path of Dark and you know, Winner Stays On sort of thing and Mario Kart. And, and that was it for us. So that was the games that we that we played. And I think that was kind of when I, I kind of became a gamer, if you if you will, but um it wasn't until i was probably like i think i was maybe 12 13 i was in i was in high school um and i played my first i i would say like online network game um called ultima online i've heard of um, that I, yeah so i that was the game that i i honestly say turned me into a proper gamer um taught me a lot of skills i wouldn't have if i didn't play games um like touch typing um internet knowledge you know microsoft word things that are like uh, common now but back, back when i was growing up you know you, you didn't get taught of that in school mm-hmm. um uh, taught me that and then i actually kind of uh, i gave a lot of credit to that game for me getting my first job in the games industry because i talked so passionately about it that people kind of saw that i was passionate about games what was uh what was your first job a uh, qa tester uh real-time worlds on a game called apb all points bulletin um did that ever? Did it was like cops and robbers MMO kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing them uh, talk about that. And it was on the PC. It yeah. Came around the same time around uh, the Matrix Online came out, wasn't it? Give or take. 
Rough, yeah, roughly, yeah, roughly, yeah, within the, the first year or so of that game. I, th- I think those two games um, and a couple others, I think, were kind of the, the first casualty of the MMO crash, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. I think we came out at a point where every game was an MMO. You know, everything was online, everything was hundreds of players, and there was just too much, and they were too similar. And I think we suffered from the fact that our theming was good, you know, Cops and Robbers online was great, Um but there was just too much choice and our game wasn't good enough um, to bring in the mass number of players that we that we needed. So it's still going today. It's still, it's still um, good enough, sadly, to, to really take off. But it was great fun. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I vaguely remember that. And yeah, you're right. Like it was, that was the time where the MMOs were the thing, you know, but the internet speed's going to keep up with them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's for sure. No, exactly. yeah, Do you have a good history so. of MMOs? Um, honestly... No, I played Ultima for twelve years. Um, I played it for for twelve years. Uh, it was the it wasn't the first MMO. I think EverQuest came out first. Um, but I remember I was in Game, which is like the UK equivalent of GameStop. Right, and I yeah. saw it for for one ninety nine, which is like three or or four dollars. Um, oh, sure. And I I bought it. It was great, yeah. And, and I bought it. Uh, and I didn't realize at the time it had a monthly cost, so it was like ten dollars a month. Um, and this was a point where no one put their card on the internet. Like nobody was going to put their card on the internet. Um, and now that's so all I do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember I bought it and I really liked it and you got 30 days free with it. So I bought it. And I really liked okay. it. Um, but my mom and dad were like, we're not going to put it online, you know, but we aren't going to do that. So I went back to the shop and they had like four copies left, but because it was like $3, uh, I just bought all four of them. Um, which gave me like, you know, four to five months of, of playtime. <laughs> Obviously, I lost my characters every time, but I was still like, I was living in that in that world. Um, you didn't care. You just wanted to keep playing. You're like, you're like I don't yeah. care about the character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and then that really sucked me. And that was the first time that, you know, I, I didn't play Quake or I didn't play uh, Doom or any of those games. And that was the first time that like, I'd log into a world, a server, and I see someone else from somewhere in the world, Germany, America, Sweden, wherever it was, run past me. Um, and it felt so alive. Mm-hmm. It felt so like this is something I've never seen before. Um, and now it's so common. Uh, and it's, it's kind of to a younger audience, it must be kind of hard to imagine. But back then, that wasn't a thing. You didn't have, you know, thousands of players all in the same world, all, you know, fighting monsters or fighting each other or doing things. Right. Um, and, you know, as someone who was 12, it just blew my mind. I could log in and speak to a guy from Germany and we could go and kill dragons, you know, and log out. I'd be like, see you tomorrow. And that would be it. You know, it was just like such a, uh, an amazing thing for me to kind of pick up and like literally that's all i played for 12 years i think you know and again i'd grab like the latest titles you know I'd, I'd, I'd buy the the latest thing um but you hear about people who only play world of warcraft like that was me for ultimate online it just like yeah. it, it grabbed me um to a point where um you can't see but behind me right now on my on my wall i've got my original cloth map when you got it it came in a massive kind of big box um yeah. and it came in a cloth man. map and I've, yeah, exactly yeah so i've still got the cloth map um, and I managed to find um, on eBay uh, the, the copy of the game that I bought, like the box of the of the game sealed still for like a dollar. So I bought that as well. I've got it on my shelf just above above my, my monitor. What do you think it is about the like for example, like I was was used to playing WoW um, just for a few, short period of time, not in like addictive stance. But what do you, why is it that they need to have that subscription model? Because like you're playing something like WoW, and technically the things that you're doing in that game can be done offline. 
I mean, yeah. you connect with people, but you know, there's plenty of games that you play online and there's no subscription. So what do you think it is about MMOs that you need to have a subscription? I think um, there's, there's several things. Uh, I think, especially back then, you know, I can't speak, I can't speak for a while and you know, newer games, obviously. I think I have the last few MMOs, only Final Fantasy Online has got a sub. I think the rest of them are all, are all free with like in-game shops. Oh, okay. um, but, but back then there was no in-game shops, you know, there was yeah. no stuff like that. And, I think that, that WoW and, and EverQuest and Ultima kind of pioneered this like always online um, trend, if you if you will. And I think they initially had higher costs. I think as we've learned more about server architecture, um, as internet's got better, um, you know, as we've got better at developing features and, and reusing things, I think costs have gone down for certain things, mm-hmm. like server costs. Um, but I think back then, you know, people weren't, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one, actually. I, 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 it would have been an interesting meeting to be in to say, we're going to sell this game for $40 and we're also going to charge $10 a month. You know, yeah. the first game to do that must have been absolutely terrifying because that was a model that was that was never heard of before. But I guess back then, you know, if if you released the game um, and maybe you did an expansion pack in two years, still in between that two years, you still got to add new things in, support the game, you got to, you know, develop the community, interact with the community, uh, do advertising because if the, you know, if you get your first 5,000 players, if you keep half of them, you know, they'll, they'll enjoy the game. But if that community doesn't grow, if you don't get more players, they'll start to dwindle and the game will get worse. You know, most online games suffer if there's less players, you know, if it's a small a small audience. So I guess the, the cost of just running the, the game, the server architecture um, and bringing new players is probably uh, a large a large part of it. But I also think that, the that probably brought them in uh, a set of players who were more um, invested. Again, like I was saying, when when I played this game, no one was putting their cards online, so I was like, I was super invested in this game because I was paying this sort of this ten dollars a month, uh, and to me, that was the game that I played. I didn't buy any other games; that's all I bought. That's your gaming budget, so, you know, exactly. Exactly, you know, that's just good way putting it. So to me, that was my my gaming budget, and I think. Um, I think it's more common now, but I think back then, like I was saying, you didn't see thousands of players all in the same space, you know, in the same city in a game. And I think that that wow factor um, uh, allowed you to uh, allow them to charge money, and you'd pay that because you want to have that experience. Do you have a, a moment from when you were younger playing one of your favorite MMOs that really stands out to you? Like besides the first, obviously you said that that first time you came across someone from a different country, but is there any like uh, like a certain like an event that happened that you can really that defines your experience with MMOs. Uh, I've, got, I've got a couple. Um, one that stands out. Um, and keep in mind, I was like 14 at this point, so I was one of these online yeah, internet going back, young man. boys. We we're are going, going back, back, yeah. yeah. But I was one of those those online uh, douchebags. Um, but the, the way the game worked was you had like guilds, which is quite a common thing, like a clan or a guild. Mm-hmm. It's quite a common thing. But now in most games, when you make a guild or a clan, you open up a menu, you select it, and that's and that's it. But in Ultima, it was a physical thing. You placed this stone in your house. You had a you had your own house. You placed this stone in your house, um, and you interacted with that to to you know invite people to your guild, change the guild name, whatever it was. It was all done to this physical object in the game world, um, and the. Back in Ultima, I was like, it was a sandbox game, and you could do kind of anything. And we figured out how to steal 
those things. Um, and I remember me and a friend, uh, it was older than me, he was in his, I think he was Swedish um, in his 20s, um, which is weird now. Back then, it wasn't weird. Yeah. Um, we, we stole this kind of this guild stone of one of the biggest guilds in the in the game. Uh, and they couldn't, like, invite anyone. They couldn't do anything. Their guild was basically dead. You know, it was like a 200-man guild, and we stole their stone, so they couldn't do anything with it. And that's pretty um, diabolical <laughs> well yeah it was that but it was just the whole like just the way we had to do it we had to like figure out you know when they were online because their house door was locked so we'd sneak into their house when they would fall somewhere in sneak in we'd hide somewhere in the house um and it was just the whole the whole setup for it was just like so just it took us days to figure it out and then we pulled it off and we felt amazing and we sold it back to them um for like a lot of in-game in-game money um and it was just, it was just that sort of because there were no there were game rules um but they were kind of you know they encouraged kind of that wild wild west behavior and just trying to like work the game rules to your favor um was something i really enjoyed at the time i didn't know i was doing that i just thought i was playing the game but when i look back now that kind of that gave me my um my start in um in qa because you know I, when i had my first interview i could speak to them and say i did this 10 years ago and now i know what that means but back then i i didn't so it was all kind of you know trying to trying to play the game um and trying to uh scam it so to speak in yeah, a way that i benefit and, and exactly yeah yeah and um another player you know suffered because of that and which now i wouldn't do but back then when you're younger you kind of you, you do do that this guy is somewhere around the world is crying because that memory has haunted him and is scared him away from yeah. forever you've ruined his life exactly yeah <laughs> well they, they were called team cow so team cow was the guild it was a british guild and i stole their Sorry, stolen, team cow. and it felt it felt, felt amazing Felt amazing. I, I'm telling Felt you, the amazing. leader of Team Cow is listening to this right now. He's just he is, yeah, yeah, he's out there. Memories are coming up. He's crying. Yeah, he's out there. But no, it's stuff like that. And then I remember, you know, people I met. I met a guy where again, I, I think I grew up with the game, so I think I must have been like 12 when I started it, and in roughly my 20s when I stopped. Um, and I remember I was in this guild of of player killers. We basically roamed the land trying to kill other players. Um, and one of the guys that was in my in my guild and who I played with a lot was a bit older than me he was a police officer um and it always made me laugh that he would you know he'd go out every day on the street you know protect and serve so to speak and then he would come home and just murder people in a in a video game and it was just that just that, that kind of that That's memory awesome. it was amazing yeah it's just amazing and then it was like him it was me i was in school when an accountant who would play with us it was just like people from all walks of life who you know i wouldn't i would never have met if i didn't do that and i kind of got a an insight into speaking to people um so that was that, that was pretty amazing. I think I kind of I grew up quicker because of that because I, I spoke yeah. to people not just not just older than me, but different kind of cultures and different backgrounds. Insight, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. So I think that kind of um, to this day actually, I think it's made me more um, tolerant, uh, effort than you know. I'm, I, I, it's a very obvious thing to say, but I, I hate racism, I hate homophobia, okay. anything like that. I, I've got a very low tolerance for it, and I think a lot of that was growing up online in a, in a smaller community where that didn't actually happen, you know, because it was uh a small number of players if that did happen you were ostracized and couldn't play the game anymore so i think there was kind of a, a more of a community feel back then um whereas you know on call of duty there's millions exactly. of players you don't yeah. really have a community unless it's your friend sort of thing so um i think that did kind of shape me as a person as well where did how did you so you because of the stuff you've learned in that game you start off in qa did you have yeah. to have anything else in your background to go into qa um, no, I, I was quite lucky. Um, so I did marketing at university. Um, and in my and basically I left high school with no idea what to do. I had absolutely no idea what to do. 
Um, but I thought that everyone needs marketing, right? Like as long as I, I as long as I learn something generic that can be applied to like any business, I'll be okay. I'll get a job somehow. You know, I didn't do art. I didn't do history. I, I did. I liked history. I loved history actually. But I did marketing because I knew in four years time when I graduate, there'll be a marketing job somewhere. You know, it could be in sales. It could, it could be anything, but I'll do that. Um, and I got to my last year of university and I, I met someone who's now works at Naughty Dog actually. Um, and he was like, you seem to like games quite a lot. Why don't you just work in games? And I never thought about it. I never realized that was a thing. Um, which sounds, which sounds silly now, but yeah, but, but back then we didn't really learn that in, in school. We didn't, it was all about, um, you know, be an accountant, be a lawyer. I went to a private school, so there was a lot of like, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be an accountant, be be something that's kind of like you know, aim aim high. Um, and there wasn't a lot of aim for your passion kind of pushed us. You know, it was all about get that that big title. Um, and uh, yeah, I met this guy Mike, and he kind of said, "Why don't you try games?" And I was like, "Well, I do like games, and that sounds like something I I, I enjoy." Um, and it was kind of a light bulb moment uh, that I should just try and follow this thing that I might actually enjoy. And um, I was very lucky that I managed to get a, a job. And I got the job for, for two reasons. One, I was very passionate about this game, Ultimate Online. And I spoke about these things that I did um, that were, you know, like it were within the game rules, um, but they allowed me to kind of annoy other players and kind of ruin their experience, what obviously game devs don't want. So I spoke about that, how I would try and do that for this this company, but also about how I wasn't, a game designer. I wasn't an artist. I was someone from a different background who could give a different perspective, right. uh, and they quite liked that. So I kind of came in as someone who was different than everyone else he'd hired. Well, that's how you, you got to pop, right? Yeah, exactly. Do you have any advice for anyone listening that would want to go into QA? Um, I think um, I think anyone wants to do anything. I think I'll I mean, I can make it more generic, which is quite a big thing, but kind of like you're doing right now, I think just do something, just just start. I think there are, are less barriers to entry now than ever before. Um, and I think if you want to work in journalism, if you want to work in entertainment, on you know game design, art, whatever it is, just start making stuff and, and don't worry so much about the audience that's out there because you're building a portfolio, you're building a skill set. You know, your first podcast um, was good, but your hundredth one will be even better. Your thousandth one will be even better. You'll, you'll get better and better every single time because you'll learn how to speak to people, how to ask questions, how to engage. Um, so if you don't start doing that until later on, you're gonna be behind everyone else. So my opinion is just start. Um, and I think it goes for everyone. I think even if you're looking to, to level up to your next kind of job role, just like in your head, start trying to do that job role, figure out what that is. So when it comes to the interview or it comes to maybe you getting that role on a, on a, per, a, you know, a part-time basis or you know getting to trial it for a few weeks, you're already doing it. You're already there. You know what it's like mentally to succeed in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a big advocate of just just do it. Oh, just well. do it. That, that, that classic Nike slogan. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. It's always, no, good, no, to, no. It's always good to hear it. Um, yeah, exactly. Lit love. We kind of went off on a little tangent there. We so, did. Yeah, we did. So it was from N64 is when you jumped to PC. Was it in between there, or was it from Sega to N64? Uh, no, it was N64 to PC. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I had my Sega. Uh, I think that was my like my first console. Yeah. Um, I, I had that, but I didn't really play anything on it. I, I said I had the, the Sonic games, but those are all I can I can really remember. I kind of I, I got it because my friends had them, and I thought it was a cool thing to get, but I didn't really get big into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
I think it was my N64 and then my Game Boy for Pokemon. Uh, those were the ones that were kind of like really hooked me in. And again, because it was social, I think I enjoyed the Pokemon single player, but I love battling Pokemon. I love trading oh, yeah. Pokemon, that kind of that. Again, that social aspect of it, which I really, really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, that's probably what opened the doors for a lot of this networking. They had the link cable, you know, recess. Yeah. Everyone's playing with that. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Everybody has that. Everyone's got that on their on their timeline. If you don't have it on there, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, start again. You you failed. Um, but yeah, so, so so those games. And then I had a PS One. Um, I think I had my. Hmm, I must have my PS One before my PC. Um, because I think I got my PC for high school. I didn't. I didn't have a PC in like primary school. I got it when I was like sort of thirteen. Um, which is when I started playing like Ultimate Online, as I said. So. I think it must have been. I say I I'd say the jump was N sixty four straight to PC. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I maybe got the PS one around the same time or like a year or so in between that. But uh, that was the jump. Yeah. So for, so how long was it PC until you? Because right right now I know you you do some streaming, right? Do you stream yeah. exclusively on PS four or do you do PC, yeah, on PC actually? Oh, okay. On PC. On just just PC. Yeah, just PC. And and that's purely because. Um, my PS4 is like a, especially a family unit, but it's me and my, my fiance. So she uses that for like Netflix or, or playing games as well. So the PS4 for me, I'm sort of a traditional in that my PS4 is my, my living room device. If I'm on the couch, I'm playing PS4. If I'm on my, my desk and my chair, I'm playing PC. So I'm still kind of, I, that divide is still there for me. I know a lot of people have got their PCs in their living rooms or the PS4s in their, their PC rooms or whatever, but I'm still more like, uh, I, I buy certain games on PS4 because I want that couch experience right. and I'll buy others on PC because I want to be sitting up, you know, on the keyboard ready to play something. So I still kind of divide those games up in my head. Was there, um, like, so you went to PS1, did you do PS2, PS3 before or have you always just stuck around PS uh, PC until PS4? So I did, um, I did PS1. Uh, I had a PS2 because I worked in, in game, as I mentioned. So I think I got one from there, but I didn't really play it. Um, but then I went Xbox E60. I was part of the Xbox E60 achievement hunting. You know, oh, yeah. I loved all that. I had a PS3 for the exclusives. Um, but again, that was purely because I worked in in game the, the UK GameStop, and we got something like when I started there, it was something crazy. Like we got forty percent off games. Oh my god! Like it was, it was insane. Yeah, they, they changed that within a few years because they realized yes, that, that was that was bananas. <laughs> um, but when I first started, I got a lot of money off off games. So I bought a lot of stuff. Um, pre-owned or new because it was much cheaper to, to buy at that like not crazy discount no not anymore yeah exactly you get five uh, well, steam's up now, so it's fine yeah yeah, yeah. Well, steam's breaking like, though um so so yeah so I, I had i had a ps2 i had a ps3 but i was big into the xbox 360 um loved call of duty online with, with friends again actually well it's awesome yeah call these um come a long way definitely from from what it was in the pc days to what it is now yeah 100 definitely change a lot um, well, I'm just going to ask you one more question before we sign off here. So if you had to have one game and oh, wow. you've, answered, you've answered this question, so we're going to take no MMOs. We're going to take those out of the equation. Okay. But you have the one game that I guess if you wanted to go back in time and watch yourself play, what would that game be? Ah, oh, it's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would say an MMO anyway because that's such a, be a long time, you know, that's kind of built over, over years, isn't it? Um, I keep watching you, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think Bioshock was a very special experience. Oh. Um, and I think um, I can play that game every year and still really enjoy it. But that first time you play that, I won't spoil it because it's the remaster. But when you first play that and that kind of that, that mid 
game moment that have you played Bioshock? Yeah, I've played them all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. it took me a while so, to beat so, the first one. I, I got really frustrated with the first one, but I came back and I finished it. <laughs> nice, actually. Well, that, that mid-game moment, you know, I, I did not see that coming at all. And again, I won't spoil it because the remaster, but I, I never saw that coming. And I think being able to go back and either play that fresh myself or watch me play and watch my reaction to that that happening would be pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, other games came to mind, but I think that's the one that to this day kind of, yeah, I, I just never saw it coming. I never saw it coming. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it was definitely like once I got past the, the difficulty of it, like that I was having with it. Okay, yeah. I like, because I, for some reason, I just couldn't get past it. And I got, I just got really sunk into the story. And that's what helped me finish it. So yeah, I definitely, yeah, the story is amazing. Yeah, exactly. That's what really drives you home. But uh, no, that's definitely yeah. a good pick because I didn't see that one coming out. I thought you were going to go retro on me, but that's cool. No, no, no. But Bioshock's uh, probably the one I'd go for. Um, and I agree, the story was amazing. The shooting wasn't the best. You know, I, I can no, see no, why no. mechanically you, you might struggle with that. Exactly. Um, but the story definitely, I think, draws you in and, and carries you through that a little bit. All right. Well, um, Richard, man, thanks a lot for coming on. Um, for, pe- like, for, for people that don't know, you've, you guys just recently released Brutal a couple months ago. Um, yeah. That's out on PS4 and PC. Uh, and for anyone listening, Richard's been kind enough to... Uh, help us give away a code for uh brutal so uh, if you're listening to this come on the twitter and you'll see how you can win the code and get that game for yourself um i don't have a ps4 yet but i can't wait to get a ps4 so i can finally try that game because it does look fantastic um thank you very much well, not pc in, in february so not, oh, not too long oh okay My yeah yeah, yeah yeah so so no no that's fact. Like, so the, the game was funded by by sony so we're exclusive for for six months but oh, okay well that's uh, pretty DLC. good because they funded the game. So, uh, no, 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 they'll see. No, no, no. Okay, so the, the game is the game is done. We, we shipped it as we wanted to. So that it's, uh, it's good to play. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that uh, that's great, man. I, I honestly, I really can't wait to check it out. Um, is there anything you want to plug while we're while we're on the topic? Um, well, first of all, I think this show is a great idea. By the way, I Thank think so just much. um, I think it's very clever. I mean, it's in the in the, the best possible way. It's a very simple idea, but mm-hmm. I think sometimes those ideas are the best. Um, I think yeah. it's very interesting hearing people speak about uh, their passions and their interests. So I think it's like a great show, and I wish you all the success, you know, the success in the in the future. Really and that's that. that's my, my my final words. I think it's a great idea, and I, I, I really think uh, you go very well, far with this show. I, well, thank you so much for coming on, man. You've been pretty passionate about coming on, and I really appreciate that. No problem. Um, thank you. It, yeah, I just wanted something to kind of like meet new people, talk to developers, learn some stuff, and do a little 20, 30 minutes. You know, you don't doesn't need to be an hour show where you talk to people, right? So. Yeah. And that way you can, everyone can take it into small bites and they can learn about where people like you came from, you know, like they see how you, you, where you started and how now you're a producer at a, a developer that has an exclusive with Sony. Like that's a big deal. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, definitely. Congrats to you guys and all the success you have. And uh, honestly, wishing you guys nothing but success on the next game that comes out. Thank you, man. I appreciate that a lot. Very kind, very kind words. And you streaming too, right? So uh, your, your Twitch yeah. handle? I am twitch.tv slash retro crumpet. I'm there on Twitter as well. I stream every day, actually. I'm doing okay. it every day to try and uh, um, get better at communicating. So, no, we're, we're getting we're, there slowly. Do you, do you stream something specific? Uh, actually, currently Skyrim. I'm currently doing there's a oh, new okay. mod called Enderal out for Skyrim. It's, a, it's made by a mod team in Germany, and it's just it's crazy good. It's, it's amazing. So, I'm playing Skyrim a lot at the moment. Awesome. Anyone listening, if you guys liked watching Twitch games, you know where to go now. Um, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, so if they want to follow you on Twitter, it's at Retro Crumpet as well, correct? That's right, yeah. Spawn. 
And if you guys want to follow me, I'm at John S. Bernardo. Uh, the podcast is at a link to our past. Um, you can email me at a link to our past at gmail.com. And until then, enjoy your games and let's keep it retro. Take care, everyone. <laughs>